Thank you for listening to Supernatural Success. This is Amanda. You are listening to episode 9, basically about choosing to live in a friendly universe, choosing to feel as if your desires are already a given. It's heavily influenced by Wishes Fulfilled, a book I just read by Wayne Dyer, and also just my life as of late. I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. Wow, wow, wee wah. Oh my goodness. Long time no see, my friends. It's just been freaking crazy. So the last time we spoke, uh, I was talking about letting go and asking for help. And it definitely still applies. (laughs) However, I've come to some new realizations that I thought I would share with you today. In fact, I was like dying to share these with you today. It's gotten to the point where like, I'm not talking to you and and making these, I feel like a part of me is missing. I have this like burning desire to share these truths with the world and with you and act as a channel of sorts for goodness and as a voice of truth that empowers you to make the the things that you want to have happen in your life happen. So first of all, let's talk about the importance of being unattached to outcomes. You know, when you think you have it all figured out, you know, how it's all going to play out. God sends you a a little curveball, if you will. I was involved in an accident, as you know, and I'm hesitant to even say it was not my fault. Although like (laughs) in the real world, I mean, okay. We're responsible for everything that happens to us. And whenever something happens, I'm always asking why. Why? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? Not like in that situation. I know that I didn't do anything wrong in the in the accident. But I mean like energetically prior to. Did I somehow allow that into my experience in a negative way? And I know that everything happens for our highest good, that everyone else is only a mirror reflecting back to us what we are being. I was under the impression that because I had reached a state of satisfaction with my car that's now totaled, and still had the desire for my new car that the universe had lined up 
situations in order to provide that for me. And I still believe that. I've just been dealing with some uh, insurance hiccups as I live in a some kind of whatever liability state where you have to prove the other party was 100% liable in order for their insurance to pay. And so I just don't understand what's the fucking point of having insurance and paying them all of this money when I know when I've been in accidents before that have been my fault, I've definitely had to pay and my insurance has gone up. But now, because I'm here, there it's like... Anyways, I know that it's all going to work out because it always does. It just didn't, it hasn't quite happened in the way that I thought. However, it's still happening. I'm still getting a new car. And you know what's crazy is my mom put this post on next door and she's had like 150 responses as to ways to deal with this because the lawyers I have spoken to have said, you know, don't ever give a statement to the insurance companies. They will promise you the world, act like your best friend and like lead you into questions. The answers of which will give them the ability to deny your claim based on bullshit, basically like fuck insurance companies and all that noise. I know it's still going to work out for me. I I absolutely know that. And I think it's kind of cool that my mom has uh, kind of come to my aid as she always has and always does. And all of these people are like offering information and advice and people to talk to. So that's awesome. My manager at work put, um, she saw the post on next door last night. And so she comes in today and she like looked up that other girl's name and found out she's got a court date in January for reckless and wanton driving as well as speeding, which I know is related to this accident. So, you know, I think that says it all. Let me not get too carried away into the various particulars. Um, It's just... uh, fucking crazy, man. It's crazy. It's also really cool. Um, it's definitely exciting to say the least. It's definitely exciting. I I will say it's like really interesting when you look back to see how all of these pieces and people have played a role in our evolving we're always evolving. There's no stagnation. It's only ever expansion. And at the time, it's hard to say how all of these situations and events lead to our, you know, greatest realizations and unfoldment into our own power. But I'm I've been interviewing for this job and the recruiter asked me for some references, professional references yesterday. And I didn't want to ask, you know, my current job because I haven't told them I'm leaving yet, but I had worked for and, um, built a website for this doctor in Atlanta 
And I basically just taught myself how to do it. Like I knew I could do it. I had done a little bit of website design before, but you know, you can learn anything on Google and YouTube. I mean, people like change engines on their cars and shit. But so anyways, I knew I could do this and I did. And I did a great job. He was super pleased. And he always said like, he loved me. He was like, Amanda, if you ever need anything whatsoever, you let me know. Like I will give you whatever reference you need, whatever. And I have a few people like that. And at the time, you know, things really come full circle with the first meeting I had with that doctor in Atlanta on my way home, I was fucking around on my phone looking for a podcast and I hit somebody. It was a taxi driver <laughs> and, um, and that total, well, it didn't total that car, but it was already like a piece of crap. So I, my mom ended up buying me a new car a month or so later. See, this is my car karma here. You see that? Uh, and now here I am going for this other job that's like, oh, it's been so refreshing. And they're asking me for references and I'm getting one from this guy that it was like really crazy how I ended up doing that and being there. And, and now I'm dealing with the car stuff, but kind of like reverse. Cause I, it, I actually didn't hit somebody this time. Somebody hit me. So, so cool. I'm trying to be really careful about what I say after the words I am. I had a dream last night that um, it said, I am hath sent me unto you. And I was just listening to Wayne Dyer's book, which is fulfilled the night before. And I've been listening to it over and over and talking about the power of I am. I am is the name of the divine. The ah sound is God. Sorry, it's my car. It's turning off. And I did this meditation for manifesting a sound meditation. It's, um, you basically, you're saying, ah, and you're clearing the channel between your root chakra and your third eye. And you are imagining the feeling of what it is that you want coming forth from you out of your third eye and into physical manifestation. And man, if that's not powerful. And when I do it, I can feel the energy moving and my body vibrating. You know, sometimes when I meditate, it can be so hot, difficult to quiet my mind and get to that space, especially if it's like during the day or I don't know if I just have a lot going on, but with this like sound meditation where I'm saying, where I'm saying, ah, it changes everything. And so what I'm really called to share with you today are a few things. One is the, the power of sound for healing. You're actually saying the words out loud, especially the things that you say after I am. When you say, I am unhappy, I am, you know, anxious, I have abandonment issues, I am lonely, any of those things, you're basically taking 
God's name in vain. Like you are giving away the tremendous power of those words by communicating that there is anything which God is not or which is or something that limits you. With God, all things are possible, which leaves out nothing. And we have these beliefs that we've, you know, been told or learned or just kind of accepted throughout our lives based on things other people have said or told us, some of them I'm sure very well-meaning, but that limit us and limit our ability to create this amazing life. And there are no limits with God. And you are God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and it was good. I think that's what it says. But, you know, it's crazy because I'm getting into, like, learning more about the Bible and I was not raised in a, you know, Christian household. So I had, um, I don't know, a little bit of an aversion there because I just didn't understand it. I think that Christianity has been like some of it, some people, it's been morphed into something that it never was because God is love. It's only love. And when people use their religious beliefs, whatever they may be, it's definitely not just Christians who do this to create uh, diversiveness within the people or make people feel less than. Um, that's not what it's about. And so I think that that's what I had an aversion to, not actually the, the word um, clearly. I mean, I'm Jewish. My mom's family is Jewish. So we obviously had, you know, the Torah, but I was never in a religious household. So I I still don't even know that much about that. I'm just learning now. So I am unlimited. I am all powerful. I am love. I am peace. I am enough. I am capable. These words have power, my friend. And when you say them, you can feel it. So I urge you to be aware of the way in which you are using that power because we don't manifest what we want. We manifest who we believe ourselves to be. You have to believe it. And the way that I am learning to believe and accept that power is that I am one with source. There's a spark within me that is within you of pure spirit, pure unlimited potential, pure power. And as you open yourself up to accepting this power, this flame grows, gets bigger and bigger and your limits just start falling away because they were never real to begin with. That which is real is that which doesn't change. You, your body, your body is always changing. The body that you're in now has not one cell that was also there when you were a baby. Everything about your body has changed. You've rid yourself 
of the baby body, the teenage body or whatever, how old you are to the age you are now. And, and that body is not you. That body is always changing. The part of you, which is unchanging, which is real, is that spirit. And you can connect with that spirit energy through sound, using ah or om or mantras, saying to yourself, I am unlimited, pure, positive potential. I already am that which I desire to be. When you hold your desire in your mind, in your imagination, which is one with spirit, you hold those desires in your imagination as if they were already real. They were already present facts. When you assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled, it will always come to be. Assume that feeling. And so the kind of second part of what I wanted to talk about today was when you wake up, find the best feeling thought. Okay. It's so normal or, you know, could be for us to wake up and start going through the day, going through the previous day. What are the things that could go wrong and begin obsessing over them? But that doesn't need to be normal. It's not what you do. What I do is I start going through things that I'm excited about, that I'm grateful for, that I appreciate. And when you do this slowly with intention and you become aware of the feeling that you get from each of those thoughts, you can tell which thoughts feel better than others. Now, we can only reach for the best feeling thought we have access to. You have your vibrational set point. So you can't go from, you know, misery to joy just, you know, with a snap of your fingers. You reach for the best feeling thought you can find. And you do that by being aware of your emotional guidance system, which that's what it is. Your feelings are indicators of your current vibration. And your thought is creating that feeling. Now, what are these thoughts? Because nobody really knows where they come from. They're certainly not limited. I mean, we can have up to like 60,000 thoughts a day. Everything you think, it's been thought before. It's a part of a universal shared consciousness, if you will, that, that we all have access to. And we all tune in to different parts of it based on where we are, you know, vibrationally, emotionally at that point. So when you're aware of the relationship between your thoughts and the way you are feeling, because the thought sends the, you know, desire out, the feeling is what draws it to you. Much easier to control our feeling state than our thoughts, because we're not really controlling the thoughts. There's just thoughts that are out there that we are thinking, but you don't have to 
tell yourself when you start thinking a thought that doesn't feel good, Oh God, I hate this. Like, let me, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. Cause then that's all you're going to think about. You can just put that thought back, find another one. And the best way I've found to do this is I have like this happy place in my mind, in my imagination of where I, I want to be my desires. It's, um, a house, a big backyard, a pool, um, my man cooking me some breakfast, me like recording a video or podcast upstairs. So when I can bring that thought into my mind and feel that in my body, okay, then I, I'm not controlling my thoughts so much as directing them. You're becoming the observer. Who we really are is really the like observing, perceiving, and choosing portion of our, you know, being. The thoughts themselves are not ours, but the choices behind what we observe, what we perceive about what we observe, and then what we choose to do. Now that's stuff you do have control over. And by exerting that control, you can cultivate that feeling within your body of already having or being that which you desire to be. What I think is so cool is that when I do wake up in the morning and I reach for the best feeling thought that I have access to, you know, at first I wake up, I'm really tired. It feels like, oh God, nothing's good, but I keep looking. You, you have to choose to put in a little effort in you know, looking for the thoughts and observing how you feel when you think that. So when I do that, I've had so many like funny things just happen, you know, this week, it's like immediate when I start doing that. And so when I start doing that in the morning, then as the day goes on, you know, it's normal to have all these thoughts like going through your head. But when I start the day like that, when I'm, you know, now a couple hours later, not feeling so great, I'm like, okay, so what am I thinking? And I can't always catch the exact thought that it's making me like not feel so great, but I can get a a gist of it. And I'm just choosing to kind of go back to that best feeling thought. Maybe it's the same one from that morning. Maybe I have a new one and start thinking about that. Start imagining that start creating in your imagination, the scenes, the things, the desires that you're creating, start feeling what that is like in your body. And then the thoughts take care of themselves. So much easier for me to direct my thoughts, direct my, my feelings by using my imagination to create what is wanted instead of trying to push away from what is unwanted because we live in a universe based on attraction, law of attraction. It's not law of exclusion. So whenever you push back on something, it grows. Like the war on drugs, the war on terrorism. I mean, it's the dumbest thing ever because by 
Well, they know this. It's all like the military industrial complex bullshit and all the pharmaceutical companies that started that. So, you know, I don't, I don't get into like the conspiracy theories either or, or watch the news because for me, that's inviting it into my experience. You are going to attract thoughts and experiences that are in vibrational alignment with your current vibrational set point, which you can always know by the way you feel. So when a thought comes that's not feeling so great, usually it's some kind of fear of I'm not enough, something bad that's going to happen. When you start having those thoughts instead of feeding them, giving them more energy or trying to keep yourself from thinking about them. Instead, you're creating that scene, that feeling within your body, and then the thoughts that go along with it. You're pivoting, if you will, by using your powers of observation. Oh, hey, this doesn't feel so good. Your powers of, you know, choice and of perception. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change and they truly do. Okay. Um, I, at my job, I, they, I drive around a lot for work. Right. And sometimes I, you know, fuck around and make a podcast or whatever. You know, I always get what I'm supposed to get done, but I just, rather be like in my car driving around than like at the office. Cause I just don't like the energy there. And this manager, she wants me to have my tracker on at all times. Okay. Now, when I first started, um, thinking about that, when she first like started asking me to do that, I've been there for a year and this is like a new thing. I'm like, God, this bitch, like, really? Like you're going to be my babysitter. Don't you know, like the, the worst way to get people to do things is through like micromanaging and babysitting them. Like we're all adults here. You know that I'm great at my job. So let's like leave it at that. So anyways, that was kind of my, um, my perception of that. However, when I look at it from the angle of, Oh, I could let her track me and then I can, I'll do the things that, you know, I said I was doing. And then that feels good. It's a choice. I don't have to leave that on. I can turn my phone off. But when I, I want to kind of hold myself accountable to get to all these places or accomplish all these things, then I actually like having that on there because it helps me do what I said I was going to do. And when I do what I say I'm going to do, I feel successful. I feel good. Okay. It helps me keep up my vibrational set point, but it's a choice. It's not a being forced to, because I don't have to do anything, you know? So that's just one example of changing your perception of things. You should never do anything that you don't want to do because that is, um, negatively impacting your vibrational set point. When you do things because you want to do them, it's like a whole new world, my friend. Hmm. Get some water. And so given what we're talking about with thoughts and feelings and their relationship, how they relate to our vibrational set point and what we are attracting, what we're currently manifesting, you can't always feel good. And you wouldn't want to always feel good. 
In fact, when you feel bad, you're getting some like important feedback that something's a little amiss in your vibration. There's something that you're doing, something that you're thinking, something that you're feeling that is preventing you from allowing the well-being that is always coming forth into the universe. Well-being is the order of the universe. It naturally flows to us. But when we are thinking or feeling something that is not in alignment with who we really are, with our pure, unlimited, positive potential, we are disallowing that well-being. So wouldn't you want to know if you're not allowing the good times to roll? Now, I know it's not fun to feel bad. I really know. This is like when I feel bad, it's like I think it's like the end of the world. I'm just like, I can't imagine ever feeling good again. And it's like, it just sucks, you know? But you don't always have to feel good. It's okay not to be okay. In fact, it's like really dope because without those peaks, there are no... Without those valleys, there are no peaks. Without the bad, there is no good. This contrast is what allows us to make decisions and form desires into new, expansive ways of being. And the universe source is always expanding through our experiences. And our desires are what fuel that entire scenario. And if everything was always good, then we wouldn't have this desire for more and new and more fun ways of being in this world. You know how it is. Like there's something like you really, really want, and then you get it and you're like happy for a minute. And then you're kind of on to the next thing. I do think that you need, um, a certain amount of like money and, and, material wealth in order to live a pretty good life. I mean, studies show that up until a point, earning more money does correlate to happiness, but, and there's a big, but it, it levels off. So like, say, I think it's like what, after like 50,000, 60,000 a year, I don't know the, an increase in salary or increase in, in money doesn't relate to an increase in happiness, if that makes sense. So money does not make you happy, but it certainly does help, honey. Um, My point with that is this desire for more is what's fueling our happiness. And without that contrast, without those bad times, there's no fuel So when you're in a a bad moment or you're not feeling too great, ask yourself, what am I thinking right now that, that doesn't feel so hot? Can I reach for a better feeling thought? Can I create in my imagination the, a scene for my future self that I already am? I mean, if you think about it, That is real, which does not change, okay? We already know our body is always changing, always, always, always. 
We're always moving. We're always expanding. But there's a part of us, that spirit, that is always there, that always stays the same. So those things that we desire for ourselves, we're going to be a complete in a completely different body once that happens. But the self, that you, is still the same. And you're already there. And you're creating it in your imagination and into reality, into physical reality, because it's already there, like waiting for you to allow it in. That's the law of allowing or the art of allowing. It truly is an art, man. <laughs> it's a fucking art. <laughs> like if we're in a, a well-being based universe based on the law of attraction and well-being is always flowing then the art of allowing is us learning to become and stay in alignment with source, with our inner being, which means we're feeling good. When you're feeling good, you are in alignment. And when you're in alignment, you can allow more good in. And when you're not in alignment, it's not coming. It's not coming in. You're not that's the art of basically disallowing. Like the well-being is always flowing. You can either allow or disallow it. It's really kind of up to you and your emotions, whether you're feeling good or feeling bad or letting you know if you're letting that in. Isn't that wild? So it's like, you know, when you're good, it's really, really good. And when you're bad, it's really, really bad. But when you're able to observe the relationships between the, the thoughts and the feelings and create those feelings on purpose and feel on purpose, then you can always up your vibration, change your vibrational set point. And you know, I was feeling like pretty bad a couple times this past couple weeks. Like it's been, you know, I'm all about the excitement. I always want, you know, new and better things. Of course, my friend, I'm a, my son signs a Taurus and my friend Brooke's always telling me that, oh yeah, I know you want the nice things. You're a Taurus. That's a Taurus part of you. And you know, maybe it is. And it's true. And you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so when I am not able to get those things or I'm like dealing with like having this rental car or, or whatever, sometimes I, I feel like, I do. I just feel disconnected. And I have to remember that if you first seek or experience that love within you, if you can experience within, then it has to materialize without on the outside. And we are pure love. I also, you know, I live with my mom and we have some crazy fucking, you know, relationship codependency issues. And I, I know that, I know that, but I, I feel like I haven't been in a situation where I can move out. And so she is, you know, can be very controlling. It's like, I know that she's happy for me for like where I am in my life, but I think it also scares her because she feels like she's losing me. You know, I, I have relied on her heavily in the past years. And although I'm sure that wasn't always great for her. In fact, I know it wasn't. I think it's even scarier for her to contemplate being alone, you know, or so she thinks. She really wants to have a relationship, but, you know, I have my own opinions on why that's not happening. 
Um, she's just like very difficult to get along with sometimes. And when we have these, these disagreements, it's like she gets so emotional and I am, I'm definitely sensitive, but I, I wouldn't say I, I don't know, but of course, you know, this is my perception and her mind. I think she really believes these things that she says that have happened or that I said, but like, you know, I was there. So I feel like I, I know what I said or didn't do or did. And so it gets to a point where I can either, you know, set boundaries with her and say, you know, I'm not going to do this. You're, you know, I'm not going to accept you talking to me this way. I'm not, you know, whatever it is, or I can have peace in my home. And right now peace in my home is paramount. It's like my biggest it's like where you refuel, where you recharge. You like worked all day. I want to come home. I want to have like a happy home. And if she's not like pleased with me, which is really like with herself in some way, she makes it known. And I'd just rather not, um, deal with it. So I just, ha- I have to apologize. It's like, I have to ask her what I'm apologizing for, because if I'm not apologizing for the right thing or with the right tone, she's like, you don't mean it. You just, you know, I don't, I don't trust you emotionally. And I'm just like, okay, lady, you know, <laughs> and I love her and it's so hard or it can be so hard sometimes for me to like really feel that love in my heart and my body when this kind of thing is going on. I'm, I know I've told you guys, I, you know, we've always had some kind of tension off and on again in our relationship. And I started, you know, meditating on love and becoming more open and allowing of that love of that source energy. And like first thing in the morning I go and I give her a hug and I tell her I love her and I would do the same thing at night. And so for the past few days, because she was like pissed off about something that didn't even happen, she like wouldn't give me a hug in the morning. And I realized that that didn't feel good. You know, I just, I just want to be happy. I want to be in a happy, peaceful home. And I, you know, what I've learned from this is, well, first of all, it's so fucking nice to have a friend who like truly understands me and all of these things that I'm going through. I think we have them talking about Brooke. We've gone through a lot of the same things and, you know, both grown a lot emotionally. I think we've always both been like really intuitive, but anyways, I, it's like when I talk to her about these things, I feel a weight like lifted off of me. And first of all, so like, that's so nice. Like having this contrast in my home, this, you know, kind of upset has led me to rely and, you know, open up more to my friends and accept the, the help, the guidance that's coming to me from them. And that's like really nice because I think for a long time I felt really isolated. It was just like me and my mom. So it's almost like I felt like I just had to act and be in a certain way. So I didn't really have anyone to talk about it with. And now I do. And that's fucking awesome. Okay. B it's just helped me realize, you know, what's next for me. I'm expanding. I'm growing. There's like all these new things and experiences and, and people coming into my life. And I was only planning on living, uh, in this apartment with her for a year and it's the year is up. And now she was trying to get me to sign this other, another 15 month lease. And I'm just not going to sign it. 
I think before I might have just to keep the peace, but I, I know like that is one thing I can't just can't do for her. And so I, I, I know what I do want because I'm experiencing what I don't want. And that's fucking cool because we're always moving on to new and greater forms of being. But that Amanda who's here now and the Amanda who's in, you know, her own place, um, you know, in her own house is the same Amanda. So that's like already inside me just waiting for me to allow it in through my imagination and assumption of the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Hmm. So there's no, no good without bad in the seed of the bad times are the good times and vice versa. And this is something I've always believed that, um, I know will be a central tenant of supernatural success is that, you know, the darkness always leads to the light and darkness is not like evil. It's just lack of light. There is no law of evil or, you know, order of bad in the universe. It's just well-being. We're either allowing it or we're not. And so there's nothing inherently bad or evil about this situation or any other that makes you feel bad. It's just that during that experience, you're not feeling good. You're not feeling in alignment with source, but that good, that source, it's always there. And we open up to it and learn to trust in it and trust that even during those bad times, that something good is coming from it. And I've had some like really bad times in my life, but even the bad ones were good looking back. Like, oh man, when I was in jail, I remember thinking like there were so many things I was grateful for. Like, I think I talked about this. There's that movie broke down palace where these girls end up in this Thai prison for, I know I talked about this cause I thought about it all the time then. And like, because this dude had put like a bunch of cocaine in her bag. And so the other friend like didn't even know the guy didn't like want to like hang out with him or anything, but she was with the friend and they got arrested. And so anyways, they were like in an awful situation there for like 18 years or something. And so mine was like nothing in compared to that. And I knew that however bad it was is how good it was going to be on the other side. That from each of my like really like kind of crazy experiences, and usually it was, I had these realizations in jail, <laughs> that there was something great coming. Okay. The first time I got arrested and I was in jail, this was, I think I was like 18. I had just, I got a DUI, crashed my car. Oh yeah. I crashed my car into a ditch. That's a crazy story. Um, I don't know if I can talk about this on here. I don't know why not. Okay. We were like tripping on acid, but it was like bad acid and it felt like there was like strychnine in it or something. And so like, I always want to be around water when I'm tripping and we were at my house at my mom's house. This was back in like after high school and, uh, we all wanted to go get some champagne, some alcohol. Cause we thought that that would like make us feel better. So it's like eight o'clock in the morning. My mom's getting ready for work. And it was like me and like two of my other friends, a guy and a girl, and my mom was like, you're not driving, you know, right? Like, 
she knew it was fucked up. And I'm like, oh yeah, definitely not. So I stole her keys. We proceeded to, we did get some champagne. We had like a bunch of bottles of it and went to this like, um, it's like an office park, but it had this really cool water fountain and we're like laying in the grass and it was like really actually pretty nice. And the guy starts like freaking out and he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And so like we get in my car and we're driving, I was trying to drive him home and it was like a two door and he decided he's going to try to jump out from the backseat of the car. And I don't know where he's going, but I'm like trying to pull the car over. You know, I guess I misjudged everything (laughs) and I pulled into a ditch and I couldn't get it out. And this dude ran off into the woods, like no shoes on nothing. Me and my girlfriend were like trying to get a tow truck out there or trying to get it out first, but it like couldn't come out. And so the first, there was the first cop that showed up was a guy he was going to help us get it towed home, you know, and like t- drop us off at ho- the house or whatever. And then this lady cop showed up and she was like, oh, hell no. Like she, like, this bitch is going down. And they like pulled all this, these empty champagne bottles out of my car and like put them on the roof of my car. I didn't have shoes on. I didn't have a bra on. Man, this was like a rough situation. So anyways, I get arrested. I'm sitting in jail. And while I'm in there, I'm just thinking, and this is when I was like Buddha. So I was chanting Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. And I was just chanting to be somewhere away from, away from here in a, in school where I wouldn't need a car. That's what I decided. Cause I, I just knew I didn't need to like stick around anymore. Cause it was clearly like not going well. So I got out of jail. My mom's got me working at her office the next day. Cause she like wanted to keep an eye on me. Um, understandably so. And during the lunch break, I start looking for schools that have international business programs because it's like, I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I love traveling and you know, business is business. So why not? So I found Loyola in new Orleans, which was right next to Tulane, which is where I'd gone the year before I applied. Mind you, this was like in September. Okay the school was starting that Monday, the following Monday, I'm applying for the winter semester, not for fall or the spring semester. And so that was on a Tuesday, I think that I applied. Okay. They called me the next day and gave me a full scholarship, full academic scholarship. It didn't quite cover everything, but they gave me a full academic scholarship to come and I had to fly down that weekend to start school the following Monday. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So had that not happened, had I not crashed my car into a ditch. Okay. I wouldn't have been in my mom's office applying to schools and getting into Loyola. The, that within days. And I guess, cause it was a private school. They weren't so, um, limited on like admission dates, et cetera. Like they had space and they, you know, were going to fill it and why not? Okay. And it was international business that they had there. And then once more, it's like my first week of school. And I know that they have a really good music program and I'd played the cello all through high school, but I, I'd sold my cello for that car that I crashed into the ditch. Um, yeah. Anyways, but I had decided I wanted to start playing again. And I, I wanted to see if they had like, if there was, you know, someone who could just give me lessons maybe like once a week or, you know, whatever. And so I'm like wandering around, I'm trying to find my advisor, but it's in the music building. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe I can find someone to help me with that. And I run into this guy, it's like really tall Haitian dude with dreads. And I'm like, Hey, 
Um, you know, do you know if who I could talk to about maybe getting some cello lessons? This guy's like, oh, you play cello. And I was like, well, yeah, I did. You know, I just, I'd like to take some lessons, you know, start playing it. Oh, okay. Okay. He said, well, you follow me. And I was like, I'm like, okay, sure. So follow him up. And he says, well, you play for me now. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I don't have a cello or, and I don't have music. You know, I'm just, I'm asking for in the future. Can I take lessons? He's like, no, we need more cellos in the orchestra. Here's a cello, pulls a cello out of the, we're in like the music room, pulls it out. I don't have any sheet music or anything, but I know a few things. So I'm like, well, you know, I haven't played in a long time. Like, I don't think this is going to work, dude. And he's like, no, no, no. I give you five minutes. So he gives me five minutes, come back, comes back. I play for him this song. And then I'm in the, the orchestra. And not only I got the rest of my tuition paid for through a music scholarship because of that. Okay. I ended up not staying in the music program. Those kids were so fucking good. They were just like so good. I would have had to been like actually dedicated to practicing at least every day and more like three to six hours a day. And I just, you know, I wasn't at that level, man. I, I, so I did that for a semester anyways. Um, so my point is without the suffering, there is no joy without these moments of hard facts, my friends, you can't experience the greatness of who you are. So just like take comfort in these, these hard times, these rough times, say to yourself, I am unlimited. I am pure positive potential. I already am that which I desire to be. Use the power of your words for what you want. Become that person in your mind and disregard any of your physical senses or people telling you things are otherwise. Because when you can do that, the world is yours. Everything that exists comes from that which does not exist. What's the saying? That which comes hath not come from that which doth appear. I know I butchered that, but like all things come from the imagination. Everything that you see around you that was ever experienced in your life came from an idea, from a thought, from something that doesn't have that tangible substance. That's why they say thoughts are things, my friends. They are the beginning stages of everything that is here today. So I love you. I hope that you got something in this that can help you realize more of this pure positive potential that that you are, that you always have been, that you always will be. Use the Use sound, use the vibration of sound to invite this spiritual growth into your reality. I found it to be extremely powerful and I am going to have a conversation with my friend Bobby here tomorrow, who's an amazing singer. And so I'm going to ask him what he thinks about that because... It is powerful, my friend. And when you start realizing the things that you say after I am, and you start kind of like, you know, changing that thought, like catch yourself right then. Don't, don't, don't.
Don't say things like that that you don't want. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Because it's all you. It's all coming from you. You are creating your reality every moment. And your emotions will tell you if what you're creating is going to be fun for you. Okay? But when you can have fun, when you can, like, feel good, even in the bad times, just because you know that the good times are coming, then it's all good because you're not dependent on your conditions in order to feel good. Your internal state is only yours. Only you know what's right for you. Only you know what you're feeling about something. Everyone has opinions about what you should or should not do with your life, and nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about, okay? Some of them, I'm sure, have, like, you know, good intentions, I guess, but, you know, people are selfish. Everyone's selfish, and even their advice, which might come from a good place, doesn't mean it's right for you. So don't let other people's opinions and, you know, things they say enter into your imagination and uh, mess with your desires, your dreams, because those are yours. They're no one else's. And you will hear and receive conflicting opinions on that which you want. But Your imagination is a sacred place that's only for you. So when someone says something that you, you know, don't want, you, you disregard it. When your five senses tell you that your desire isn't a fact, disregard it. Live from the feeling of the wish fulfilled and you will see, but you will first feel the goodness that's always flowing forth from you to you for you. That's all any of this is. It's an experiment in joy and expansion. I love you. I hope you are better than okay. And if you're not okay, it's okay. Uh, see you slash hear you slash feel you tomorrow. I'm recording an episode and I hope to have that up very, very soon. I'm going to start posting my new episodes Wednesdays and Fridays. It'll be twice a week and we're going to get back on that schedule, my friend, because I like that when I do that. I feel good doing that because this is something that it's not even really mine. It's just, it's been given to me and I'm here to share it. Mwah.